0: Hello everyone, my name is Pastor Meyer Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's word with you. Enjoy. Oh, hello, how's the best looking church in all of Las Vegas doing on this Christmas day? Are you guys doing Good. Okay, so uh, thank you to the Tally family for making this um, just delicious hot chocolate. I don't think they're here at this service, but they'll be here in the next service. Um, but it is delicious. If you haven't had any, make sure you stop by our hot chocolate booth. If you're at home, we'll make your own hot chocolate, right? You can join with us having hot chocolate and then cookies. So there's plenty of cookies back there prepared for each and every one of you guys from our family to your family. Amen. Yes? So, hey, I want to give you guys some info before I jump into the Christmas message. But um, we had 289 kids um, on this Wednesday receiving a gift. Can we give God the glory for that? And we started a new tradition here at Grace City. So we not only were able, and I say we because we all did it with our tithes and offerings, and were able to give them a gift But each one of those kids was able to um, make out a, a tag and think of a person and then another child or a friend or a sibling. I was so happy to hear that a lot of the kids actually chose a gift for their siblings. That when they saw something, they're like, my brother would love this or my sister would love that. And so they made out those tags and they went out and chose another gift for another child, and I actually haven't seen it done. I'm not saying we're the inventors of it, but I am saying that God placed something in our heart this year, and I believe it's going to be a Christmas tradition for Grace City. Can you guys say amen with me without without mattering if, we you know, we have 500 kids show up where I know God is going to provide the thousand gifts or, you know, whatever amount of gifts we need in order to be able to bless our city and bless each one of the families. Give your guys, everyone, a round of applause because it was you. It was you, it was your tithes and your offerings that make this possible. So the Christmas message for today, I'm so excited because this, the title of the message is The Christmas Truce. So turn to your neighbor and say, let's, let's call a truce. Yes, let's call it truce. So what does that mean, right? Maybe you came and you already were fighting, you know, over something on Christmas or, you know, Christmas Day or that we ate too much or we, you know, holidays are always with drama, with family, right? And that's why we did hope for the, your home right before Christmas because we're like, we need some hope, right, for some of the situations in our home, and I know it, you might think that this is weird to begin a Christmas message with this story. But when I heard this story, when I read about it, and I, I want to ask you to read about it too because I think you're going to think it's very interesting— the Holy Spirit spoke to our hearts. Like, my husband and I were having conversations about this, and it, it's actually something that happened during World War I. I know some of you guys already lost you, cause you're like, that's just so far away, right? I don't, I don't even know what was that, what happened, what, so I'm gonna tell you guys. But I did find myself, like, really feeling like this message. This, what happened in World War I is actually something that's happening in each one of our hearts today. And because why? When you read Isaiah, the prophet says this. He says that this day a child was born. A child was given to us and he was to be called what? Wonderful counselor. Say with me, wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Say mighty God. Everlasting Father. And then he ended that with the Prince of Peace. Say it with me. Peace. Peace. A truce is that. It's peace. Prince of Peace. God's grace was on full display in that manger. The miraculous was tangible, right? Now breathing. He was there. He came as a baby. And this is what we believe. This is why we come to church because we believe that the son of God was born in a manger and that son would give his life for us to pay for our sins. And this is what we celebrate. Say, this is what we celebrate, right? Jordan was spot on. He said, sometimes we can get so caught up on all the other things that we miss the, 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 the why, the, the purpose behind it. And we celebrate this wonderful counselor, this everlasting father, this, this you know, warrior, this mighty um, God, right? And this prince of peace. But yet we, we proclaim that we are children of the prince of peace, but we war amongst each other. But we fight amongst each other. And not only do we fight amongst other humans. We war amongst our own family. And this is, I know, I know, this is not the cheery, maybe Christmas message, it's gonna end on a better note, but in reality, this is something that has been so deep in my heart. And this is something that I've, I've just been struggling with and asking God for a word on this Christmas. Because as we celebrate the Prince of Peace, yet we are without peace in our homes. There's so many unsettled things. There's so many unsaid or things that we've said too much. So almost 108 years ago, this one man was murdered. So I'm going to give you some history. He was not a president, and he wasn't a leader of a nation. He was a, a, the Archduke of Austria, Franz Ferdinand. And it was the summer of 1914. And when he was assassinated, this one man, again, he wasn't a president. And I don't want to minimize his life or say he was not very important. But yes, he was a duke. But what happened was Austria when when their archduke was assassinated austria said it was this, it was serbia so they declared war on serbia because they believed serbia was to blame so when austria declares war on serbia guess what russia declares war on austria because they said i'm going to defend serbia so now we're going to war because you're blaming serbia and we're going to defend serbia Then Germany says, "Uh uh-uh, now we declare war on Russia. And France then steps in and says, oh, we're going to declare war on Germany. Germany then declares war on Belgium. Finally, Great Britain declares war on Germany. And this all happened in a matter of days. And that was the beginning of World War I. I don't know how many of you guys knew that. I didn't know that. When I found this out, the Holy Spirit spoke to my, to my spirit, to my heart. I said, how quickly did this escalate? Because someone thought, because someone said and pointed a finger and said, it was them. It was Serbia. So another person stands up and says, oh no, we're going to defend this. Then the other one defends their, their honor and the other one stands up and then the conflict in World War I began, a war that lasted about four years. But it is the war where more people died. More than 20 million people died during World War One. You're like, this is not a good Christmas message. It's going it's to end well. More than 20 million people died. Why did so many people die? It's because they began something called trench warfare. And in this trench warfare... And this is where the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. You, Each side builds a trench, a really deep trench, a big hole, right? These alleys. And then they establish their position in that trench. And they say, we're not going to move from this trench. Because this is where we're going to stand our ground and you can't come at us. And we're going to defend from this position. And they hide inside the trench, inside of their position without moving forward or moving back. They just live in that trench. They live in that hole that they have built for themselves. And I think there's some pictures here, right? They sleep there. They, you know, they, they fight from there. They only peek out in order to fire, but they do everything from that trench, from that area. After almost four years of war, it is recorded in history that neither Russia or Belgium or Germany, no one actually acquired more land. No one, nothing actually happened, nothing significant except more than 20 million people died. It wasn't like things changed, but everyone was holding their ground in those trenches. But it was recorded that one Christmas Eve, that first Christmas Eve in 1914, after more than six months of fighting, one man, it does, we don't know whom, but it was on the Western Front, stepped out of the trench on Christmas Eve without a weapon and declared a ceasefire for Christmas Eve and for Christmas Day. And all of the other men followed him. Everyone stepping out without weapons. And although they had so many things that they were in disagreement about, they decided to celebrate what they agreed on. And that was that Christ is Lord. That they all believed that Jesus Christ was born on that Christmas day. They were all there to celebrate. It's actually recorded that they played football together. That they sang carols. That they actually buried soldiers together. That they were there, they stood by one another as they went to go and find bodies of soldiers that were killed. And it was here in this no man's land, this land that was in between all of the trenches that people had dug. The soldiers, like I said, they ate together, they talked, they sang carols, they exchanged gifts. And this was known as the Christmas truce of the First World War. This event had such an effect that the next day, the day after Christmas, when the fighting had to begin again, they couldn't fight. See, they couldn't fight because they had eaten with their enemy. They had sang with their enemy. They had heard the stories. They knew the voices. They, they now knew who they were shooting at. They weren't just hiding in a trench. They weren't just hiding in an offense. They weren't just hiding and saying, they're to blame and just firing at each other. They actually had to establish a rule after that. That you couldn't fraternize with the enemies. Because why? Once you know someone, it's harder to kill them. So, so many times we'd rather not know people. We'd rather stay away because it's easier to talk smack about someone. It's easier to hate someone on Instagram, right? Be a troll there and put everything. But it's harder when you've seen them, when you've cried with them, when you've laughed with them, when you've done life together. It's harder to be that enemy to that person. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and said, I need the church to come out of those trenches. I need families to come out of those trenches on this Christmas. Come on, church. Come on. If soldiers could do it in the middle of a war. What trench has your family dug? What trench have you dug because of an offense between another family member? Between someone else that you know or another family? And we, we, we dig those trenches with things that were said. With offenses, with faces, with comments. You know, with things that happened. Yes, they do. But this story goes... That then this, this troop captain, right, and I, I told you guys, they had to reassign these people because they're like, we can't have these soldiers fighting against soldiers that they know. And, you know, today I think that society, we live in a very similar manner. And, you know, we might not have guns in our hands, but we do have weapons in our hearts. And we shoot at people. We shoot people down. We criticize, Right. We're always, we're always, oh yeah, that aunt, you know, we have, we know that aunt. And yes, I say, we all have one. You know, we all have that crazy aunt. And you're like, who, who's the crazy aunt? You are. If you're, if you can't figure out who the crazy one is, you're the crazy one. Okay. So now, but many times, right, we get there and we're like, we already built that trench. We already go with that pre, like that predisposition. I think that's how you say it. Right. Yeah that they're going to mess up, that they're going to say something. But today, we live with so many families in those trenches who refuse to get out of it because they believe, each side believes that they're right. What have you dug yourself into so deep because you're holding your ground thinking that you're right? And guess what? Maybe you are. See, the discussion here, the, the problem here is not if you're right or not. It's how, dig you've, how deep you've dug your trench in that right. And you might be right, but you're still shooting. Everybody's holding their ground, and no new ground is being taken. There's nothing being accomplished. And I find this so much in marriages. I found this so much in, in the household, kids with parents, parents with their kids right? This is the way I think it should be. And this is what I think is correct. And you're digging yourself in, but at the same time, you're making an enemy of the people that you should have on your side. We're fighting. We're arguing. We give each other the silent treatment. And this is trench warfare. No one wants to change their position. They refuse to get out. and Like, no, this is the way we've always done Christmas always at this person's house and we always eat this and now she wants to change it or he wants to. like we're literally fighting over dumb stuff but it divides families and your children are the ones that are hearing this and your grandchildren are paying the consequences because we don't get along with that side of the family or we don't get along with those people right or we don't do those things but we're christians We're Christians. Like we believe in Jesus Christ. The grace of God. There in a human body. The prince of peace. It's impressive what people dare to do. The lack of respect. The insults they dare to write in such a cowardly way on social media. Right? But those words will never hurt as much as the words from a family. The words that we say to each other, people fighting, right? People fight in the families even over a political party or or their soccer team. People cussing at each other, fighting over a soccer team. The skin color, gender, gender. You know, if you're against or for this governor or not, Twitter, Facebook, if, I mean, now the whole thing is like with Elon Musk, you know, on Twitter, and it's like, you have the ones with Elon, the ones against Elon, uh, the ones for Balenciaga, the ones against Balenciaga. I mean, I'm just like, what? Everybody is getting canceled, and everybody said, I'm like, who's, trenches, just trenches dividing people over dumb stuff. And I believe that the enemy has used all these social networks to divide us, and I'm not saying that they're from the devil at all. I'm just saying that they're being used in a lot of ways, even amongst family members. Like, I'm not gonna like their pictures. Look at them. Oh, they don't even make good tamales, right? They don't even, oh, look what they're eating. And then you zoom into the picture. You zoom in. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I knew they weren't gonna be able to make the buñuelos because I didn't go this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, We're literally hate on people, stalk people and stuff. And I'm like, but we're Christian. You guys, I mean, I literally, I wanted to, I I wanted to put it like reminder. We're Christians. Like we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. But today I come to decree as ambassador from the heaven under the authority of the creator, the king of king and the lord of lords, that this Christmas, that this new year, we're going to have a Christmas truce, right, of 2022 and 2023. Yes, that we are going to see in the name of Jesus. And I really do believe that the next week's, next Sunday's message, you want to come. We're going to have a prophetic word. And I, I, we are feeling so strongly on how that this decree, this is actually a message which is giving that intro to it. There's blessing. There's not, there has never been an attack so fierce on family, I believe, as in this time. Just against families. Against the family. Bringing disorder, bringing disunity, bringing, you know, divorces and and, and and betrayals and all of these things. And it's family against family, brother against brother, sister against sister. You know, families that are not being united. But I declare in Jesus' name that we are going to see a truce, a Christmas truce beginning today. Can, can someone say amen with me? Come on, come on. If you believe it, marriage is being restored. Children... Again, loving their parents. Thank you. Parents loving their children. Friendships not broken over dumb things. Right? I believe the word of God says that the dry and the sick bones will be healed. And this is good news. Say with me, this is good news. Good news is healing. Good news is suspending the fighting. But how are we going to do it? This is simple. Number one, someone has to make the first move. Someone has to make the first move. And the other people aren't here. So what's the answer? That other person's not here. You're here. You're listening to this message. So someone has to make the first move. Can you imagine what went through the mind of that soldier on the western front? As hundreds of thousands of soldiers were in those trenches on Christmas Eve. What had to go through his mind to say, I'm going to come out of that trench with my hands up and declare a truce. He was taking a huge risk. He could have just been shot. But it took one man. Unfortunately, we all wait for the other person to do it because we think it's definitely not my fault. It's de- that's your trench. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's not your fault. But you can bring the solution. You can come out of that trench without a gun. Today I call Grace City Church to take on the responsibility to take the first step. Let's come out of those trenches. Come on church, let's come out of those trenches. I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of amens. Come on, let's come out of those trenches. Number two, we have to be willing to throw down our weapons. You gotta just let it go. You have a lot of ammunition. You have a lot of things to shoot, to fire at them. You got all the comebacks. Like I said, you're probably right. You're probably the one offended. You're probably the one that wasn't invited. You're probably the one that didn't say that they did everything. Okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You were the holy one, right? You didn't have anything to do with it. But yet you have the power to come out of that trench and not hold a weapon. See, because if you come out of the trench but you're holding a gun... Say, before before we do this, let me just shoot off a couple of rounds. No, you got to leave your weapon behind. So number one, someone has to make the first move. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. And say, exactly, it's you. <laughs> number two, got to be willing to throw down our weapon. Number three, we got to focus on what unites us. Focus on what unites you. Maybe there's a thousand things that separate you. But there's one, one thing, one thing that might just be the blood running through your veins. That might just be that you both believe in Jesus Christ. That might just be, but find that one thing and decide to hold on to that. Be willing to throw down our weapon. Focus on what unites us. And number four, there has to be a change. Do not do it as the world does it. The world uses conflict resolution. A lot of us want to bring conflict resolution. I know this is taught, and it's taught in marriage classes, and it's taught, but in reality, it's not biblical. See, because conflict resolution is I come to you with all my points that I believe, that I have to present, and then you come to me with all of your points. And then we, we kind of measure out, and then we declare a winner, and the loser just needs to be the loser. That's conflict resolution, right? But actually, it's not biblical, because it's in the Bible, it's reconciliation. When you reconcile something in accounting means that you have all of the debits and all of the credits, right? And then you have the master statement and you got to look at all of what you did, all of your activity towards that master statement. And if there's not the same number, you got to make it come down to zero. You need to balance out your debits from your credits and it has to equal zero at the end of the year. Like that's, When you bring a reconciliation, it's, I don't care if you have more negatives here or more positives over here, more credits or more debits. Maybe I'm losing you with the accounting terms, but at the end of the day, we got to do what we got to do. So we're both on the same page. We're both at zero. We're not going to talk about what you did or what I did. We're just going to decide that on this Christmas, we're going to enjoy each other as a family that in this new year, and you might say, you know what, pastor, I wish I would have heard this message last week you still have New Year's. You have this week. You have this week to come out of those trenches. I just feel this word for us as a church. You have this week and you have this next year to come out of those trenches without a weapon, deciding to make that first move, deciding to focus on what unites you and reconcile with this, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Can someone say amen? Jesus brings our balance to zero. In Ephesians two fourteen to sixteen, it says this: For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Come on. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Death in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Then Second Corinthians 5, 18 to 19 says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. What task, you might ask, of reconciling people to him. You and I have the task of reconciling people to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Through Jesus, we can do the same. I am decreeing that 2023 will be a year of reconciliation. We're going to hear it next week. Church, come ready with your heart prepared. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I am so tired of division. I'm so tired of of the devil just playing dirty with our families and with our church and with people and um, people against people. And I'm not just, I mean, Christians against non-Christians. And everyone has their point of view and everyone's just digging deeper trenches. But I believe that the Prince of Peace The Prince of Peace can bring reconciliation to our homes. Can I get an amen? So the first truce between the conflict of the time was that, right? This first truth was with Jesus when he was born. Because it says that the angels were like, hey, guys, don't be afraid. Because I'm bringing good news that will bring great joy to all people. Because the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. Today in the city of David was born who? The Prince of Peace. The wonderful counselor. Something, I want you guys just to stand to your feet. I'm done. I'm done. But there's just something so incredible about the story. When I was reading about, about this, this story of World War I, it actually says that the soldiers, the, I, I point to the soldiers. I know there's some soldiers in here, and you guys understand more than we do, right? But the soldiers were out on a Christmas. I don't know how many of you guys missed Christmases right, when you guys were serving for your country, But the soldiers that were there in the trenches the ones that believed in Christ started to decorate, even the ones that just were just celebrating Christmas, their trenches with all of the barbed wire and all of their their big guns and all of their things, they decorated them. And they put candles up. And it says that it was actually some of the German soldiers that started to sing Silent Night in German. And it and the story goes that the other trenches from the enemy heard the rhythm. I'm not going to sing it, but how does it go? Let's see. Come, 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 team. Can you guys help me? Okay, so just imagine this. But just imagine they're singing. Can, does anybody know how to sing Silent Night? No? Okay, but sing it like really low. Okay, so imagine this. There's the soldiers. And from really far away, you're in the enemy trench. And you hear the sound of silent night. And the story goes then that that trench started to sing silent night, but in their language. And then the other trench, because there was about three or four different trenches, and the other trench started to sing silent night as well. And this is what instigated, knowing that everyone was singing, that they were all together, that they were united by what? By believing in Christ. Silent Night says this, all is calm and all is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. Can you imagine these soldiers in cold? These soldiers that are seeing death. These soldiers that are hearing bombs. These soldiers that are in warfare, that are in conflict. But all of a sudden, from, the, from very far away, they can hear what their, their soul, I, I, I imagine their spirit, not just their ears, their spirit. Like, I know that song. Silent night. There is a prince. There is a heavenly father that, that was born on this day that in the middle of this war can bring peace, can bring silence, maybe not in the physical, but in here, in here. There was peace in here. And it was with the silent night in the background that one soldier, one, it only took one, laid down the weapon, and stepped out of the trench and said, let's make a truce. Let's make a truce. Let's make a truce. Come on, church. Come on, give God the glory. I know God is speaking to hearts. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We come before you to adore you, to worship you for who you are, to thank you, to recognize That you are our wonderful counselor. That you are our mighty God. But that you are our prince of peace. Heavenly Father, I ask for our church, for your church. For each and every one of your children. That that we call ourselves Christians. That we believe in you. To help us. To help us, to give us the courage, not the courage to shoot, not the courage to fight, not the courage to defend, but the courage to lay down our weapon. To lay down our weapon. And give you the glory. And to love. And to pray and to bless. And to unite and to extend your love and to shine your light in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I ask that this week, that that every single day we would be that answer to someone else's prayer, that we would be that light that isn't hidden, you know, under a box or under a table, that isn't covered up, but that we would shine your light to our family, to the, to the people that are so impossible to love. Give us your grace. Give us your grace to love them. Give us your grace to bless them. Give us your grace to welcome them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's give God the glory. Oh, that was such a beautiful, beautiful Christmas message. Thank you, team. I didn't plan that. And thank you guys for following. You guys want me to sing Silent Night, right? Merry Christmas. We love you. And we just really do hope that you come back next Sunday so that we can step into this 2023 together as one church and hear the word of God for our lives. Can someone say amen? Okay, give God all the glory. Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.